shout of praise one more time in this place. Come on. He is faithful. He is good. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, those of you guys here in person may take your seats. It is so good to be in God's house with you all this morning. Y'all doing good? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, we're excited to have you guys here in person as well. Hey, quick shout out to all of you joining us on the live stream as well. We love you guys. We're so glad you guys are here with us today. And Man, there's just like a lot of exciting stuff going on here at Alive, and a lot of you guys walked in and saw the balloons and the tables. Today is a big deal because it's our summer crew registration launch. Today's the first day to uh, spy out the land, meet crew leaders, and get into some more community, and we call our small groups here at Alive Crews because we, we believe life is more fun with your crew, right? And we honestly believe that your summer can be more fun and more fruitful in a crew, and we love just the opportunity that crews offer us to go a little bit deeper than a hello and a hi and out, out we go and on with our week on a Sunday morning and, and just the relational health and the, the, the mental health that comes with being in community and relationships. There's just so much potential uh, in these crews and we're excited. We're going to talk a little bit about them. I bring them up, number one, because I believe that, hey, I believe there's a crew for you, and we, we honestly believe that there is a, a crew out there that you could connect with and, and gain something out of, be refreshed by, learn and grow in your faith. Uh, but number two, the reason I bring this up is because I, I believe that doing life in relationships, in friendships, in, con, in, in community is not just a man-made thing. It is a God-divined, designed thing. Like God created us to go through life together. We believe that we are better together, and, and we see this, right? And community is a huge part of the equation when it comes to our mental health, our relational health, and our spiritual growth. And, uh, you know, many of you guys are aware of this, but maybe you're not. Uh, like about a month ago, a little over a month ago, I think we sent out a, like a digital church questionnaire. Just how y'all doing? Like, are you online? Are you in person? What, what, what matters to you in church? How's everybody doing in the midst of coming out of this pandemic and all that stuff? And so uh, we, we appreciate all those of you that uh, responded to that. And, and, it, and the results kind of confirm what we had been feeling about where we're going this week and next week as far as the power of relationships and friendships and and all of that is in light of crew, but we asked the question, one of the questions was, if you have attended one of our services in person, what's the biggest motivator for you participating in service? And, and it, was, it was very clear. The number one motivator was community, coming in at 40%. 40% of you said, community is the most important thing and why I come to church. And it was shortly followed by a live message at 38%, and live worship at 36. Um, and so obviously those live elements and the people elements are what stick out to that, right? And community is a big deal to us. And it should be a big deal to us because it's a big deal to God. And as we mentioned, even uh, last month, um, as we were in our This Is Us series, kind of cast in vision about the future of the church, we talked about, we made a point, I think, that man, we all desperately need community right now. Like seriously, this, this pandemic has wreaked havoc on community, on relationships, on friendships, right? We've been isolated, we've been separated, we've been distanced from people. Obviously to keep people safe, we get that, but, but we've been doing it for so long. And it's messing up people's mental health, it's messing up our flow and our rhythm. It's not healthy for us to do that, right? And too many of us, you know, we used to do things, but we, we haven't been able to do those things or they've been canceled or postponed. And those have been life-giving things to us that maybe have been stripped away for a very long period of time. And, and I, I tell you what, it breaks our hearts. And I know it breaks God's heart because, man, he designed us 
to go through life together, to be connected to people. And, and we even know in scripture in, in the very beginning in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, God said, it is not good that man should be alone, amen? It's not good that mankind should be alone. God knew that we needed people around us, and so we need each other. We need community. We need authentic and heartfelt relationships. We need friends, amen? We need people in our corner, and if I could take it one step further, I like to say it this way, eh, we need some crazy friends. Everybody say crazy we need some crazy friends. Now, some of you guys are like, uh, what does that mean? I'm not talking about crazy in the sense that they're a bad influence in your life. We'll talk about it a little later. But crazy in the sense that these people want what's best for you. They want to see you connect with God's plan for your life. They want to bring you higher, not tear you down. They want God's best for you. And they're crazy. They'll do anything to help you get there. They'll, they'll be there in the highs, but they'll be there in the lows. And we would say, man, you're crazy. But man, we all need some crazy friends in our life. And so this week and next, the Lord just really dropped it on my heart to just look to his word and be like, man, what does God's word say about the power and the life-changing potential of some friends that we have in our life? And how can that lead us to God's ultimate plan and purpose and breakthrough in our lives? And so if you guys love taking notes or you've got to have a title, if you're title people, I'll keep it real simple for you guys this morning. My title, my message this morning is Four Crazy Friends. All right, let's open up with a word of prayer and then we'll jump right in and see what God's got in store for us. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for your word. You said your word is truth and the truth shall set us free. And Lord, it'll lead us and guide us. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Uh, we ask you to just illuminate our hearts today. Lord, help us see what you're trying to accomplish in and through us and, and as a church body and church community, Lord, as you want us to raise the level of expectation of what you can do through some awesome people in our lives. And so, Father, we look to your word today, and we thank you, Lord, that we grow closer to you. And, Father, I pray that you would help us grow closer and stronger together as a church family and church body as we apply and are obedient to the word that we hear today. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed, said, amen. Awesome. So, hey, we're going to be hanging out in Mark chapter 2 today. We're going to look at the story of where Jesus forgives uh, the sin and heals this paralytic man. Some of you guys may be familiar with this story in Scripture. Some of you guys may not. Some of you guys might remember, and it might come back to you when we read it. But hey, for the sake of it, we're going to look at it all in its entirety. It's only 12 verses. So Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to kind of break it down and see what God wants us to lean into as, as it talks about friendship and community. Uh, Mark chapter 2, starting verse 1. It says, and then he, Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and, and it was heard that when he was in the house, let's just stop right there. How many of you guys know when Jesus is in the house, stuff can happen, amen? That's another message, another day. Let's go, let's go. Let's get past verse one, pastor, let's go. All right, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even at the door, and he preached the word to them. Right? And then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, we'll talk about that in a little bit, right? He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. 
And some of the scribes or the religious people then uh, were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins except but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you or arise, take up your bed and walk, right? But, to, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Man, isn't this a cool story? I love this. This is one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible because there's just so much uniqueness to it, and it's not how you would expect things to happen, but man, how do you guys know, man, you never want to put God in a box, amen, because he can move and he can work in some pretty mysterious ways, right? And uh, I love the example here, but let's kind of paraphrase of what's going on here in the the culture and the context of what's going on here. So in this point in Scripture, uh, we know that Jesus had just started his public ministry, and what that meant is he began publicly going around teaching preaching and healing and performing miracles, right? And so his fame started to spread all over the place, right? Like we would probably say it in modern day language, Jesus began to go viral, all right? Like, like Jesus' TikTok blew up. It'd be like, look, man sick, TikTok, next one, he's healed, right? And people are like, whoa, that's amazing, right? His Instagram followers went through the roof, no pun intended, one of them actually just went through the roof right there to get to him, right? And, and so he's, he's blowing up, right? People are wanting to get close to Jesus. They want to be where he's at and hear his teaching, and they want to see and experience the miracles for themselves. And so people found out that he was in this house in Capernaum. They're like, we need to go. And it started out just a little group, but man, it got bigger and bigger. The house got crowded. Even outside the house was packed, Right? We see enter in these four friends or these four men bring their paralyzed friend on his bed or on his mat to try to get him close to Jesus. But when they arrive, they're like, whoa, dang, this is crowded. It's like Disney World. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I got to wait here. Like, oh man, what are we going to do? And they could have stopped there, but I love this story. I love their faith. I love their persistence. I love that they would not be deterred, right? And so what happens? They say, oh, let's climb up on the roof. Let's get around this crowd. We need to get him right in front of Jesus. So they climb up on the roof and these cats... Like, they, they, I don't know if these guys had homeowner's insurance that would cover this or not, but they didn't care. You know what I'm saying? They ripped a hole in the roof and dropped their paralyzed friend down right in front of Jesus when he was teaching. Like, like that would be like us right now. I'm teaching. I'm preaching right now. And in the middle, everybody say, that's crazy. Like, that, that's a crazy scene, right? And, and I love it. Jesus said he saw the friend's faith, right? He saw the faith and he tells the paralyzed man his sins are forgiven. Now the religious people are like, blasphemy, you can't do that. Man can't forgive sins. And Jesus is like, hey, watch this. I'm gonna prove to you that I am the son of man and the son of man has authority here on earth to forgive people's sins. And he says, paralyzed man, get up and walk up out of there. And God, Jesus heals the, the paralyzed man. He walks up out of that crowd, out of that crazy, and said, I'm going on my way. I used to not walk, and now I walk. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy awesome, right? Which God shows up in a big way. I think a lot of times we, we choose to focus on the miracle, always, right? We're just drawn to miracles. We're like, wow, he was paralyzed, and, and now 
He's well, and we believe that God is a healer, amen? We believe God still performs miracles today, but I believe what God wants to lean into, for us to lean into in the next, this week and next is not just the miracle that was performed, but how did it come to happen? And who were the players that helped pave the way or make a bridge for God's miracle to actually break through in that person's life? If we just focus on the miracle, we'll miss the four crazy friends and their example that I believe God wants us to learn from today, right? There's an importance that God is placing on relationships, on friendships, on the right people surrounding us in our faith journey, right? And I'll tell you what, these four crazy friends, that's what I'm gonna call them for the rest of the time, these four guys, these four crazy friends, they are the unsung heroes of this miracle, amen? Like we don't get a lot of details from, from the Bible about them, but, but from the little we do know, we see that the life-changing power that happened in this paralyzed man was only possible because these friends did something and brought him close to Jesus, amen? And so well, let's focus in on these four crazy friends and the example that we can learn from them. And in the remainder of our time today, I have on my heart three things that I wanna share with you guys and encourage you guys that uh, I think we all need to be and that we all need in our lives when it comes to friends, all right? So, so we're gonna learn a little bit about friendship and the friends that God wants to send into our lives. So the first one is this. We all need friends that want what's best for us. Can I get an amen? Like, don't you need some friends that want what's best for you, right? We can assume that these four friends wanted what's best for their paralyzed friend, right? They didn't want him paralyzed anymore. They didn't want him suffering anymore. They did not want him missing out anymore. So they took some action and did something, right? They wanted it better, right? And we don't know how long these four men knew this paralyzed man. Maybe they go way back to grade school. Uh, maybe they just met him. Maybe one was like a bestie and the other three just got roped in and recruited to carry him because he was heavy and the one tried to do it on his own. We don't know all of the backstory on this, but I guarantee one of them had a heart to help, right? And, and recruited some others, right? And we, how many of you guys know, we need those friends in our life that will stick with us in the good, but also in the bad times, and through every season of life, right? It reminds me of a, a proverb, Proverbs 17, verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 17, and the message reads this. It says, friends love through all kinds of weather. Families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Man, God wants us to have those kind of friends and to be those kind of friends for others. Because of these four crazy friends, they were for the paralyzed man, they weren't against him. It opened up the door for God to perform a miracle in this man's life, right? Isn't there something so refreshing about that, to hear about friends that are for somebody in our very negative, very uh, let's go back and forth, let's cut each other down, let's, let's belittle, let's compare, let's all that in our society today. Man, it's so refreshing. Like, man, there could and there still are people out there that just literally want what's best for us, Amen. And we could be those people, right? Not only do we need those types of friends in our life, I believe God's stirring us up and he's gonna challenge us up this week and next week to become those friends for some other people in our lives, right? We all need that friend and be that friend 
And here's the deal. We need to celebrate the wins that our people in our life experience. We need to grieve with those that are going through loss and hardship, right? We need to be there and lend a helping hand when it's in our means to do that. When we can't do it in our own strength or that we are getting resisted even though we want to help, we need to drop to our knees and take our spiritual authority and pray for people and literally pray God's best over their life, not the worst, amen? It's easy to get offended. It's easy to wish harm on people. It's easy to wish that we're better and they're not. But man, God's way would say, you know what? We're going up. There's a higher way, right? We were singing it this morning. We make room. God's way is better, right? Your way is better, right? There's a higher way in all of this. And man, God is challenging and calling us to find those friends and to be those. And so that's number one. Number two is this. We all need friends that care enough to do something. All right, we saw it in our text, Mark chapter two, verses three through five. Let's take a look at some action or some doing stuff, words here. Then they came to him, or Jesus, bringing a paralytic who was, what? Carried by four men, right? And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof, right, where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Verse five, when Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. This is huge. These four crazy friends cared enough about their paralyzed friend to do something. They cared enough to take some action, right? And they had every opportunity to not care for them, right? They could have been sitting there in their town and saying, oh, hey, man, you you hear about that dude, Jesus? Yeah, he's like healing some people. That's awesome. Yeah, crazy, man. And just go on with their work and not even think of their paralyzed friend. Or maybe they get enough guts to say, you know what? Let's take this dude to Jesus, see if that guy can help him, right? And they get there and they realize, oh, it's crowded. The house is packed. They ran out of tickets. There's no occupancy left. Oh, man, I guess we got to head home. But if they were rolling with me, you know, at least to make it better for the paralyzed man, we'd stop and get some ice cream on the way home. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys all know how that rolls, right? Maybe make it a little better. You're still paralyzed, but you got ice cream, amen? And it's not all that bad. But no, no, they, they could have not had faith. They could have brought them to Jesus and be like, do what you want, man. But no, they, they like ripped a hole in the roof and like, we gotta get this guy to Jesus because something great could happen. And Jesus said, it said Jesus saw their faith, right? And so we see that they took action. Faith takes corresponding action. Right? Faith not only believes, but like steps out of the boat when you've never walked on water before because you're so confident of the God that you're trusting in as you do it. Amen? That is true God kind of faith. And so you have to care for somebody to really help them, right? Like they cared enough for their paralyzed friend that they carried him. And we don't get context of how far they carried him. Like it could have been two miles, it could have been 20 miles. It could have been two days. Like, have you ever tried to carry your best friend, like, around for the day? Like, you got to really love that dude or her, like, to try that, right? Now, this guy, maybe somebody started, and like I said, he recruited three helpers, but like, hey, man, I really care for you. You're, this is kind of heavy. Like, like, I could be doing a lot of other things right now than carrying your butt around, right? And so they cared enough to do something, right? Then they got there, and they saw it was crowded, and they cared enough to climb up on the roof, to do something crazy, to put their life maybe at risk or in danger. They don't know the weight of this roof and what it would support, but we're gonna get him up there. We're gonna get one shot to get this guy in front of Jesus as we're going through the roof, right? And they understood the magnitude of this moment that if they could help their friend, that possibly if they lowered him down in front of Jesus, that his condition could get better. 
They cared. I feel like as a friend, they didn't want to let their friend down, and so that's why by faith they let their friend down in front of Jesus, amen? And they said, we're going to put it all out on the line, right? And they had faith and took corresponding action. I'm sure to the people that were like mad that they weren't in the house and they're watching this, hey, you can't do that, you know? Like they, they probably looked crazy jumping up on the roof with a guy on a mat, And side note, if you don't get anything from today, just remember this, we could all use four crazy friends full of faith in our life, amen? We all need a little bit of crazy friends in our life to to believe God, that can trust God, that can stand in the gap for us, that can push us up and pick us up when we're down. Come on now. And so someone who sees a need and can care for and pick us up when we're down, someone who wants to see God's plan be accomplished in our life, here's the deal, someone to have faith when we don't. Have you ever been there before? You feel like your faith is this big. Now, Jesus said a faith big of mustard seed can move a mountain. You're on your way. (laughs) But you feel like this tiny and you feel like I can't get anything done. You need somebody else who's like, I believe God, let's pray and let's believe together. Let's see this happen. When, when we're low, somebody else can top us off and level us up, amen. We need those friends in our life that care enough, right? I love the writer of Ecclesiastes. He says in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine and 10, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, and friends, we will fall in our spiritual walk at some point, in some manner, in some way, It says, if they fall, one will lift up his companion. That's great news. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And so we all need friends in our life who care enough to do something. But as I I feel the Lord stirring us up as a church family and as a church community, he also wants us to go on the offensive and and be, be the hands and feet of Jesus to others around us. And so on the flip side of that, I believe we all can be those friends that care for somebody else, amen? Like a lot of times we're just so selfish, like me, 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 what kind of friends do I need? Yes, you gotta be healthy first before you can pour out. But if you have a couple of those in your life and you could be one of those to somebody else, why not do it? It could be the difference of them making it or not making it, for them succeeding or not succeeding, for them keeping, living, or not living. I mean, seriously, life and death in some circumstances are in the balance of that text message, of that helping hand, of that prayer. And we, don't, we wanna take these things seriously, right? And we believe that Jesus can change that situation, but we gotta have the people in our life to waken us and show us the way to go. And we can be those people. Because guys, here's the deal. Why are we talking about friendships and relationships for two weeks? It's because this, life change happens in the context of relationships. God could have been on his throne in heaven and made, waved a magic wand and saved us. He could have, he's God but he decided to come down as a human to get down on our level, to do life with humanity, to form a relationship. And all of those in the gospel that ran into Jesus had a breakthrough moment when there was a relational connection. He didn't just preach and leave. He brought 12 in really close, three in even closer, 70 that went out. And he said, let's do life together. Let me show you how to do this because life is not meant to do alone. Life is meant to do in the power of God-anointed, God-appointed, divinely connected relationships. Some of you guys are here today and your lives and your marriage and your kids are healthier simply because you're connected to a church body and family. And that's not a coincidence. That's how God designed for it. It's healthy for us to do life together. Amen? And so 
Life change happens in the context, and so we saw four people that had a relationship with a guy that was hurting, that was paralyzed, and it changed their life. That's why Eric and I get so excited every term when we relaunch a new batch of crews or small groups is because the, the potential, the life-changing potential of simply just signing up and showing up in a group, you might be nervous, you might be intimidated, I don't know anybody, what's it going to be like, is it going to be weird, are they going to put me in the middle of this prayer circle and pray lay hands on me, is something weird going to happen, are they going to squeeze my hands or not squeeze my hands, what's going to happen, like get through all the awkwardness, all the tradition, all the religion, and be like, I need somebody to be my friend. I'm going to step out of the boat, it might be a little crazy, but I need a crazy friend full of faith. Because I know I can't be 100% every day. I'm going to have a day where I'm down. I'm going to have a day where I don't feel like believing God. I'm going to have a day where I'm discouraged and somebody else might be in faith and they can lift me back up. Amen? That's why Eric and I get so excited. Man, and I love what God can do. You might have one expectation of what a small group might bring you or do through you, but God can blow it out of the water. You might think, I'm going to grill some meat. I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to leave. And by the end of that couple weeks, your life is completely changed. Amen? You're there to grill and chill, and God said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up in your grill, and we, we're going to chill some more, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to help you out, right? You may think you're just going to do a workout and get physically fit, which is great, but you realize at the end of that, you're reading your Bible more, you're praying a little bit more, you're, you're, you're thinking about God more throughout your day than normal, and all of a sudden, you got spiritually fit. What the heck? God can do some really cool stuff, right? And crew leaders, just know you're stepping out in faith and praise God to create a space for community and relationships to happen. But this isn't just a one-way street. I, I've led a crew almost every term. And I'll tell you what, I love it because the people in my crew minister to me. Amen? Like God's got something for you through your crew because you're not supposed to do life alone. And so you're creating a space for that. And so, man, may we be bold. May we be tenacious in our faith. Lord, help do stuff in our hearts through these relationships. And may we be people that care enough to do something just like these four crazy friends, amen? So that's number two. And the last one is this, the third thing we see through these four crazy friends examples that we all need friends that bring us closer to Jesus. <laughs> Woo, we could camp on this one for a long time. But man, these four crazy friends did the best thing that they could ever do for their paralyzed friend. And that's simply bring him closer to Jesus, amen? Like, they could have done a lot. There is so much gold in this example, right? Like, the best friends to have in your life are the ones that bring you closer to Jesus, amen? And, and, I, and I, I'm with you. There, there was a BC period in my life that stands for before Christ, okay? And I had a lot of friends, high school, college, that were great friends, because in the fact that they were there for me, but they weren't really there for me, if you know what I mean. They weren't the best influences. What we did on Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights wasn't the best for me, right? It, it didn't, didn't lead me in the right path. I love them, and I still pray for them, but I cannot continue to roll with some of them if I want to follow God's plan for my life. And so this is no attack on those friends, because we all have friends in different seasons, in different places spiritually, amen? I believe God calls us to be a collector of friends and people throughout our life. Jesus was. Jesus was known in the Gospels and the Scriptures as a friend of sinners. Let that light up your theological, you know, idea of, I can only hang out with Christians. It's good to have a lot of church-believing people in your circle, but how are we ever going to reach people if we aren't friends with the ones that don't believe? Or at least not friendly, right? That's another message another day about evangelism, but... Paul warned about the influences in our life in 1 
Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, he says this, hey, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So we do have to be careful of the people we surround ourselves with, right? What your friends do, you're inclined to do. Show me your friends and I will show you your future, right? Like, like whether we like that or not, we kind of go the direction our friends are doing. And so influence is huge. And some of you might be in this boat, you're like, pastor, I'm good. I have my friend circle. It's well-developed. It's been years. I'm good, us four no more. Don't let anybody else in. Don't ruin up the flow. We good. I don't need church friends. I don't need church community. I'm good, like I'm healthy. And, and I think that's where a lot of us miss it and miss what God might want to do in us and, and through us. And so remember, there's nothing wrong with having friends outside the church, but, but the big question I wanna ask all of us, and I believe God wants to challenge all of us is today, is who are you surrounding yourself with that is bringing you closer to Jesus. And just kind of chew on that one for a little bit. And if you're like, I can't really answer that, man, cruise might be a next best step, best step for you to just get out of your comfort zone and be like, I'm gonna put myself out there and see if I connect with one or two of these people. We're talking about four crazy friends. Some of you just need one crazy friend. That would do you so well in this season. Maybe start there, right? Four is kind of hard, you know? Let's, how does four happen? One at a time, right? And so, especially we need these people when we get knocked down, especially when we don't have enough faith to believe for ourselves, especially when we're sick in our bodies and we're not sure if we're gonna get well, especially when we're on the red line about to do something horrible. We need people in our life that will say, you know what? Yeah, you might be down, but you're not down and out. Your story's not over. Let's bring you to Jesus. Amen? Let's get you to the source. Let's get you to the healer. Let's get you to the man of peace. Let's get you to the provider. Let's get you to him because he can fix it. He's the one that came to fix all the junk in our lives, and he's the one that continually can fix all the junk that we deal with in our lives. Amen? It's always been and it will always be about Jesus, and he's the one we need to get to. And some of you guys are like, I'm not, I'm not relating with this example because I'm not paralyzed physically. I get that. Most many of us won't deal with physical paralysis. But as I was praying this week and as I was preparing this week, God said, hey, even within the church, there's a lot of us that are paralyzed emotionally or paralyzed spiritually, and we don't even know it. We need help, we need some people in our lives, right? Maybe you're paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by anxiety, paralyzed by depression. Maybe you're paralyzed by a bad experience with a church in the past. You've got church burn. And unfortunately, I'm sorry for that. You've kept God at a arm's length. You've stiff-armed God your whole life or for this whole season because of what a leader did or didn't do or a decision made that you agree with or not. And you've never let God fully back in. You've never gotten back to that sweet spot because fill in the blank. And you need somebody to show you there's a better, higher way, right? Maybe you're paralyzed in your faith. Man, I've been here before where you know God's word. You pray it, you believe it, and you're not seeing it yet. And you're discouraged. Does God hear me? Is God out there? Is he real? Can he really move in this way? You need a friend to say, let's get to Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're paralyzed by abuse. You've been abused in one way or another, and you feel unlovely, unworthy, undeserving, just beat up, chewed up, spit out, stepped on, walked over your whole life. We need somebody to say, get up and come to Jesus. And maybe, maybe you've made a bad financial choice and you're frustrated about where you're at in that life, in, in that season of your life, and just frustrated. We're, there's so many different ways the world will try to paralyze us. 
And here's the deal. We are all not immune to this. There will be seasons of our life where we deal with this paralysis, right? Right? But that's when we need a crazy friend full of faith more than any of them. Amen? We need someone to say, yes, that's your condition now, but it doesn't have to stay your condition. Amen? Yes, I've been there with you too, but let me tell you how good God is, or let me tell you what his word says. Yes, I feel like it's the end and you've got no hope, but man, there is so much hope in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Side note, we're putting a lot of emphasis on friends this week and next. Some of you guys got really excited because you heard about the Friends reunion show on HBO Max coming, right? I don't know why I mentioned that. Like, there's random squirrel. All right, back. <laughs> Happens when I preach all the time. Sorry. Stand focused. Friends are awesome, but friends aren't your savior. Jesus is your savior. Don't put friends up on a pedestal too high that they don't ever have the right to be on. Here's what I've learned. Even the best of friends will stab you in the front and they'll stab you in the back. They're not guaranteed to be consistent throughout. The only friend that sticks closer than the brother is what I read in my Bible is Jesus. He's for you, not against you. The Bible says he'll never leave you, never forsake you, never diss you, never you love one season and say something out of his mouth behind your back another season. He's always there. So don't put friends too high on the pedestal that they're not built to to be on. Jesus should be the only one up on that highest pedestal in your life because he's the only one that's consistent, right? But friends are powerful because they can help bridge the gap to the breakthrough that we need in our lives. These four crazy friends, they didn't save or heal the paralyzed man. They just simply brought him to Jesus who could do something about it. They became a bridge for the breakthrough of this man's miracle, right? And come on, I just wanna encourage and exhort some of you. Some of you guys have been trying so hard in your own strength. You've been striving to kick doors down. You've been striving to make it on your own. It's been a very lonely season. You're just trying and trying. Maybe maybe if I come to church more, maybe if I try to read my Bible more, maybe if I try to do this or do that, that God will love me more, things will happen. And sometimes that stuff helps, but sometimes all you need to know is I can't do this on my own. I need some friends in my life to pray for me. I need some people to bring me closer to Jesus to get me back to that soul of true joy and true fulfillment. And may you recognize that, man, God might want to work through other people in your life. He often works through relationships, conversation, connection. That's how our, he's the most relational God. He created all of us, the 8 billion plus people in the world. And he has, a, he has, he has connection with all of them, whether they've received him or not. He knows what's about him. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He formed you together in your mother's womb. He's got a plan and a purpose. He's the most relational God ever. And he wants a personal relationship with us. And so remember, we need these things in our life, but remember, don't just be selfish about this. Guys, I feel like God's challenging a whole, whole section of us to be like, we need to be people that bring others closer to Jesus too. Let us be the friend that brings people to Jesus. Let us be the bridge to help them walk across to get to the one that can ultimately help them out, right? And so we're, we're creatures, we're creatures of habit, we're funny sometimes, right? Like, like it boggles my mind that like usually weekly, we will go to the grocery store without even thinking it. Why? Because we need food to survive. Like groceries are essential. 
yet we'll make every excuse in the book why we can't come to church, why we can't join a small group, how busy our work schedule is, whatever. And I believe wholeheartedly that relationships and the context of relationships are essential for our mental health, for our social health, and for the health of our physical bodies. God designed us to do that, yet we'll, we'll make all these excuses of why God comes last instead of first in our schedule. And then we wonder why we're drying up on the vine and really hurting. It's like, man, our priorities are backwards. I would say, hey, maybe take the challenge from the Lord to get in a crew and make some time in that schedule once a month or every other week. Not every day, it's not every week, some of these crews to, I'm gonna step on faith and, hey, boss man, I love you, but on Thursdays, twice a month, I'm out of here at four. What do I need to do to make that happen? Because this is essential for my life, for my marriage, for my kids. I, I need this. I'm gonna be healthier, I'm gonna be a better employee if I can do this. So how can we work this out to make this happen? Amen? It's essential. And so you guys know my spin. I'm, I come on pretty strong with crews. It's not, Lord, should I do a crew? It's, Lord, which crew or crews should I join, amen? Because we all need to be in relationship. And so as you ponder, as you pray, as you look online, those of you guys checking out the different crew options outside today as you leave, just know that, hey, we heartfeltly believe that this summer can be all of our best summers ever. Y'all remember last summer? Here's how I describe it. Ah! Sorry. Some of you guys are sleeping. I just had to wake you up really loud. I like doing that. How was last summer? Oh, I was ah! like a little painful, a little awkward. Let's let this summer be our best summer ever. And here's what I know. It will only be your best summer ever if it's your best summer spiritually. And, and, and the Lord's showing me each and every time we get into these crew launches that it will also be the best summer spiritually for you if it's the best summer relationally for you. In the context of community, doing life with other people, getting out of a row and into a circle to go deeper is how God designs to disciple his children and then turn the world upside down for him and reach our community. It happens one crew, one relationship, one lifetime at a time. And we're on a, uh, we, we don't have all the time in the world. Things are getting crazy. We don't know how, how near we are to the end, but man, we've got work to do in our own backyard. So God's got work to do in us, amen? And so may we remember this summer, may we, my prayer is that we find one crazy friend, four crazy friends of faith that number one, want what's best for us. Number two, care enough to do something. And number three, bring us closer to Jesus. Let's end with God's help as we pray to walk these things out and only receive these in our lives by faith, but also challenge to be these type of friends to those that God places in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we just thank you for your word. Thank you that you are a relational God. Thank you that you could have created us any way you wanted to, but you specifically and purposely designed us for an intimate need for relationships. And Lord God, we don't wanna be the Lone Ranger. We, no islands on themselves ever do well, but Father God, we want to be in the context of community. We wanna be plugged into the vine. We wanna be plugged into the source, Lord. And so Father, lead us and guide us of what that looks like in our context, Lord. Help us be bold, help us be brave, help us step out, help us sign up, help us show up, Father God. Help us lead, help us disciple, help us be those friends to other people, Lord God. And we thank you for your power and your grace in our lives. If we've missed it in the area of relationships, 
we repent right now and we ask you, Lord, to do a fresh thing, a new work. Give us those four crazy friends that will lead us to Jesus and see that bridge to the breakthrough become a reality for every single one of us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. I pray you guys are blessed by that. Hey, we never like to end a service with just one more quick thing. It's this. If you are here today or tuning in online and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, we talked a lot about friendship and relationship. Before you get to all of that, to make things right in your life, you have to have the best friendship and the first friendship, and that's one with Jesus. The Bible says in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. You wanna know the craziest friend that you ever have or ever could? His name is Jesus. He was crazy, crazy in love with you, whether you love him or not. He went to crazy depths and lengths to make a way to God the Father when it looked like there was no way. He took the crazy sin and the junk and the stain of our life and he got rid of it. He threw it as far as the east is, is from the west. He did what he came to said he would do and he's crazy in love with you and he wants a personal relationship with you and he wants to call you friend. And the way you do that is by receiving him into your heart by faith. And so in this last moment here, if everybody here in person, if you could just close your head, close your head, Plug your nose, stand on one foot, and uh, pull your ear. Uh, rub, your, rub your belly and pat your tummy. If you could bow your head and maybe close your eyes, that, that might be better, right? Whew. Out of reverence at this moment, and you online as well, if this is for you and you've never received Jesus, or you did a long time ago, but it's time to like recommit your life, to actually get serious about it, put him in the front friend zone, then this morning's your morning. You don't have to clean up your life first or memorize eight scriptures or put a fish on your car or get a tattoo of a verse in Hebrew. Uh, all you have to do is say, I, I don't have it all figured out and I need help. I need a savior. Jesus is your savior. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed and not, not even moving around here in the online community, wherever you're at, just reverence this moment. If you'd be honest, say, Pastor Eric, I want to receive Jesus either for the first time or I want to recommit my life to Jesus every hip out, every close. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you. I just going to, I want to know who I can join with in prayer as we pray this corporate prayer together. If that's you and you want to receive Jesus, would you just slip up your hand real quick so I know who I'm praying with and who I'm talking to today? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Put it down. And would you guys just pray this family prayer with us, all of us? And if you wanted to raise your hand, should have raised your hand. You're online and we can't see your hand but you're there and I'm speaking to you. God's speaking to you right now. Would you just pray this from their heart and know that God hears you. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life that's pleasing to you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.